0: Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yep, yep, yep. It's Monday. Yes, it is. August 28th. That's right, 2023.
1: Do you say Augustine or Augustine? Depends. Are, are we are we talking about the church father Augustine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I would Augustine. he be Augustine? I don't say Augustine. I say Augustine. Okay. Sounds more refined. What about Florida? The, the town in Florida. I think that's Augustine. 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 See, Afri- see, sh- see, that's local local vernacular. I would honor. Okay i mean and that's that's happening even here in salina where i live right. i would never pronounce it salina unless i were told that which is exactly what i was told you'd never pronounce it salina because it doesn't salina. look like that It looks right? like salina yeah yeah but
0: you know now you pronounce alvarado as alvarado i don't know what you just said instead but of alvarado
1: okay that's well
0: because it would look like that or no
1: italy 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 texas italy
0: and paris yeah yeah. All these else. places. If you, if your kids play football out here that you get to know all these other towns too, cause you travel to them. Speaking of which, so Walnut Grove is one of the newer high schools out here in our area in, in Prosper, Texas. Oh. Um, they, their football team traveled to Arkansas to play a wow. team yesterday and stayed overnight in Arkansas. That's intense. That's crazy. When you care about football. That's what you got to do. Yeah. No joke. No joke. Some of these schools aren't providing transportation for their middle school teams either, or even their freshman teams. Yikes. Yeah, it's like pass, okay? Yeah, hard pass. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Not a football pass. Yeah, my my son's school, they'll get on the school buses and and drive them out and drive them back from the game. So that's helpful. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, how's football been
1: going? You've got a boy playing football now. Yeah, I think he likes it. I'm hoping he learns not to like it. (laughs) <laughs> so that we can stop doing this. <laughs> I, I strongly encourage him against it. Not because I have anything against it. I actually like football. I like to, I like watching it. I just know it's just so, like the potential for injury is so high. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've seen professional athletes go from you know the top of their game into concussions and the NFL. Who's to blame for these concussions? Even though they're trying this new helmet technology, the game is just so naturally violent that you're almost guaranteed to find something that hurts you quite a bit. And when I did high school football, I liked it but man, it, it, it takes its toll on you.
0: Yeah. I remember when I was in high school, they used to tell us that, you know, every impact is like a 30 mile an hour car accident. Yeah. yeah from from right. people out there, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, technology has advanced so much and there's so much more attention given to how to tackle and what yeah. to do. And I think a lot of the guys that are having those issues today, not that it's the safest sport out there, but I think they were raised with do whatever you need to do to, to get the guy on the ground. Who cares if you lower your head, who cares if you do this? And he should go play quarterback because you can't breathe on a quarterback anymore without it being a penalty. So he will be totally fine.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah. we might try by the way, the quarterback throws the ball. Oh yeah. Okay. Just clarify. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: All right. Well, Hey, let's jump into Psalms. Psalms 136, 137, 138 today. And uh, we are through the Psalms of Ascent. We ended those up in Psalm 134. And so now we are moving on and we are moving into a Psalm of gratitude and thanksgiving. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. This is a 7-Eleven Psalm.
1: How it opens. This is. What do you mean by that? 7-Eleven is a term worship leaders and others will use to talk about some of the, I don't know, some of the music that happens today that just is the same seven words repeated 11 times over. Well, Psalm 136, buddy, (laughs) what are you going to do with that? Yeah, I think that repeats it. What twenty six times? It Something says like for that. His steadfast love endures forever. I could sing of Your love forever. That's right, and In, I, we literally did. But no, no, because we didn't. That song was wires of like, us all. I don't know, man. We sang it for a long time back when I was doing it. <laughs> <For> <laughs> a 26 minutes long, acapella. That's right. Mash up with We Fall Down. <laughs> that's true, we did
0: that. Yeah. Well, it is a repetitive theme and it's his steadfast love mm-hmm. endures forever. And it goes through the whole thing. But I would encourage you to pay attention. Yes, that's the important line there. That's the refrain. But pay attention to the 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 first part of it. The he does great works. He made the heavens. He spread out the heavens the earth above the heavens. He made the great lights. Th- these are the byproducts of his steadfast love. That that his creative activity was because of his steadfast love, because of his mercy, because of his grace. He did all of these things the exodus which is where he moves in verses 10 through 16 are because of his steadfast love because of his mercy because of his grace because it endures forever he divided the red sea he made israel to pass through the midst of it he overthrew pharaoh then verses 17 through 22 he brought them into the promised land because of his steadfast love he struck down the kings and killed mighty kings the amorites bashan he has given their land as a heritage again why because of his grace because of his mercy because of his kindness his love It's he who remembered our lowest state. He rescued us from our foes. He gives food to all flesh for His steadfast love endures forever.
1: So what do we do? We give thanks. Yeah. One of the cool features of this Psalm is that it was meant to be sung with an antiphonal chorus. So you have one group singing the first line and then another group singing the second line. And if you know the song, behold our God by sovereign grace, we do that for the bridge. Um, something about let your glory fill the earth oh yeah he will will reign forever forever, and then the girls sing, let your glory fill the earth it's it's a beautiful effect it really is and when it comes to the psalm that's that's kind of an old that's an old hack that's what we've been doing and it's really cool Uh, so as you read this psalm recognize i mean it could be a bit repetitive yes but it is an antiphonal chorus it's meant to be sung by two different groups and the effect is meant to be like a resounding chorus of praise and thanks to the lord our god (laughs) yeah i you know Pastor Rod, right. if, if we're going to do that at any point, can can we do a little
0: bit of training with our people before we do that? Because <laughs> I, I've been to so many churches that have done this as a scripture reading with that. Like they're like, okay, I'm going to read this verse and then I want everybody to read this for a steadfast. And it's just a drone. For his steadfast love endures forever. Well, how do you want? Do you want us to sing it? There needs to be passion. We're reading scripture. So we should yell it. We should be emotive about it. For his steadfast love endures forever. Okay. Right? Like we, it just... When we do scripture reading, that's, I think that's a lost art in the, in the church today. Mm. I think we read it with such lack of passion. Yes. And we forget that this was written with passion. It was written with
1: emotion. Let's get Max McLean, bro. He does it with passion. He's the guy that, him? that memorized like the whole Gospel of John, right? Uh, Luke, I thought it was. L- or Luke. Or no, no, no. It was Mark. That's the one. Okay. It was Mark the shorter one. The shorter. I'm less so, impressed. I mean I'm far less impressed with that. But you're right. We, we can read it far more excitedly for what it is. Right. And I think yeah. We, you know what? Tell you what. How about next time we do a service we're going to do all of Psalm 136 and we'll do exactly that. Oh, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> all right. Come <laughs> with it church. Come don't your, disappoint. <laughs> don't deflate us. Don't
0: don't don't start off on know, a bad note. We might not have time. Yikes. Hey, Psalm 137 then um, gets into the idea of exile by the waters of Babylon. So there's no question. Okay, what, what is the context here? They are in exile. In captivity. They, they're in captivity. Yeah. And there he says in verse three, for there are captors required of us songs and our tormentors mirth. Mirth is a, a strange word. We don't use that word very much. It sounds the opposite of what it means. If you, if you were having a mirthful day, it'd be like, oh, dude, that's a bummer. But that's not what it is. It's joyfulness. Mm -hmm. Mirth is excessive joyfulness, actually. And so the captors have Israel, and they're wanting to be entertained by them. Hey, sing us some of your cultural tunes Mm -hmm. and and dance for us. Be joyful. And they're saying, how can we do this? How can we sing when we are away from our Lord? How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? It's kind of a cruel. it's, It's a cruel act. Yeah. 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 And it's, it becomes imprecatory in verses seven, eight, and nine, which again is that judgment concept. And and we see that quite a bit here towards the end of, of the book of Psalms. But remember against the Edomites to the day of Jerusalem, how they say, lay it bare, lay it bare. O daughter of Babylon doomed to be destroyed. And this, it's true. I mean, Habakkuk picks up those themes. Mm-hmm. The prophet Habakkuk is dealing with the, the fact that Babylon is the chosen instrument of God's justice against Israel. And he says, yeah. you can't do that, God, you're, you're too holy to do that. And Basically, God's response is, look, Babylon will get theirs, but Israel needs to be punished as well. So yeah, the 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 hope in the future
1: punishment of the enemies is seen in Psalm 137 as well. So blessed shall be he, shall he be mm-hmm. who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. Well, of course, we're going to talk about that, right? Yep. So we are clearly against any form of abortion. We are pro-life to the core and we're unashamed about that. All right, help us wrap our minds around verse nine then. What do we do with this? It seems like, I mean, clearly God preserved this as something that Israel saying. What do we do with this?
0: Yeah, I, one commentator I read on this, uh, Derek Kidner, he said of that verse, he said, you know, it's it's a reminder of the fact that this was a psalm written by the Israelites in the midst of the white hot uh, passion of their situation, of their circumstances, of their context. So they're angry, they're vitriolic, they are they're out for blood. They want vengeance. In fact, what he made the point, he said, they probably saw Babylon do the very same thing to their little ones. Right, right. And so this psalm is really the raw emotion of the Israelites expressing this desire, God, I, I want you to do to them as has been done to us.
1: And that was something that had been done to them. So we're saying justice then. As we read a verse like this, we're not saying vengeance. We're saying justice. Right, right. Well, yeah, I, in in the purest sense, yes. Well, and that's why I'm trying to, I I guess, I would assume this is a purely offered prayer. and God preserved this. He kept it. It's there. So I'm going to say, okay, this is what it is. It is what it's saying. And what what we need to see here is that this is not saying, hey, Jerusalem, go do this. Uh, Israelite, go do this. We're recognizing that God's ultimately going to be the one who's going to repay Babylon, and and they're asking for justice. Eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. Uh, Lord, please do to them what they've it seems like, and I would agree. I, I've read that too. This is what they did to us. Right. Right. And that's not ours to execute, ultimately. Right.
0: Vengeance is mine. I'll as the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Hard verse for sure. 138, then we get into another Psalm of David here, and it's another song of gratitude. I will give thanks, O Lord. And I highlighted this part with my whole heart. Mm-hmm. Just an entirely devoted heart of gratitude to God. Uh, it's such a good goal for all of us. Um, verse two for you have exalted above all things, your name and your word. Um, there's a, a footnote there in my Bible that down in the, if you read down in the note, it says, or you have exalted your word above all your name. So what do we do with that? What do we, because those sound like two totally different things. That's weird. Yeah. It's, likely that there was a scribal error that took place in transmission that dropped off a singular Hebrew letter. It's the Hebrew letter Vav, which would take or wow, or wow depending on your Hebrew prof. <laughs> um which would take the word that's translated over and change it to and. And so it's likely that that at some point that that valve that dropped off in some copying errors here, which we can tell by going back and comparing manuscripts, we can compare a series of manuscripts and go, OK, up until this point, it was it, it was there. Now it's gone. And then it returns later on. And if it's there, then this is why we get the translation that the ESV chooses, which is a little bit more in keeping with what. We would expect is that he's, he's exalted his word uh, and his name, and instead of saying that his word is somehow greater than the the
1: object it's meant to point to, which is God Himself, isn't it fascinating? We we notice things like this, and they're they're problematic to us because they stand out as the rare exception. Right. By and large, man, we read our Bibles, and we don't recognize just how well preserved this book is for being thousands of years old. Yep. It is so well preserved, and I thank God for that.
0: Yep. Yeah, just a, I think there's a callback, especially since this is David in verses seven and eight, specifically verse seven to, to Psalm 23. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life, right? We can think of the shadow, valley of the shadow of death. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand delivers me. And so just a cur- encouraging Psalm, David calling us to give thanks to God. That's right. Well, let's jump over to the New Testament with 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 9. 9. I like this chapter. 9, Neuf in French. Neuf? I took French in high school because I thought it would be useful for me. And how many times have you used it since then? Let's see. Well, I just said new. So one. <laughs> yeah, one. One time. No, cool. I, I, <laughs> I, got, I got to go to France and spend a little bit of time there. And I'm pretty oh, sure I was able to ask oui where oui. the bathroom is. All right. So I couldn't ask that anymore. I was going to say, come on, give us, give us no, a taste. I time, can man. ask you your name. Comment tu t'appelles? Oh. And you would say, je m'appelle Ron. Okay. How do uh, I say it with the French accent though? I don't know. I'm from Texas. I'm, I'm not from <laughs> France. You would hold your
1: nose and, and be snooty oh, to say it. Oh, yeah. It's with the latte in my hand. Right.
0: Now that we've offended any of our French
1: listeners, which I don't know that we have any. You know, I did not see any listeners in France when I looked it up last. How about Sierra Leone? They they also speak French there. Oh, okay. Well, there's that. Anyways. I'm looking.
0: I doubt it. I'm looking now. Okay. Well, you're looking it
1: up. While you're looking it up,
0: we'll talk a little bit about Psalm, or not Psalm, First Corinthians, <laughs> chapter 9. Psalm... First Corinthians chapter nine. Now, um, yeah, this one is if, if you've spent time in the word and heard Christianese, a lot of it comes out of first Corinthians chapter nine. Um, he spends the first part establishing the, the good principle, the right principle for the existence of what we call vocational ministry everyone is involved in ministry. First Corinthians 12 will make that clear when we get there that we've all received a gift and need to need to use that gift in the service of the body of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ. However, there are those that have been called like Pastor Rod and myself um, to go into ministry as our full-time profession. This is what we're doing with our life. This is what we're expending our whole lives and all of our time to, to complete. And so there are certain denominations out there that don't believe that that's a biblical concept that will say there shouldn't be any paid pastors on staff um first corinthians chapter nine argues against that even though the apostle paul will go on to say in this chapter look i'm not making use of my right he still calls it the the right that he has which is to be paid for the work of the ministry and he uses this quote from the old testament he says you shall not muzzle the ox when it treads out the grain and i Mm -hmm. think that's there just to keep us as pastors humble that we are, <laughs> we are the ox, as as we are treading out the grain. And let's keep working. Yeah, and uh, he makes the point in verse eleven. Look, if if we've sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? So wow, pay your pastors, huh? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying here. And it seems self serving to talk about this on this podcast, that's as what you the Bible our, says, are, man. Our pastors. But it is there, and and it's good for the church to do this. And let me tell you why it's good for the church to do this. If Pastor Rod and I are both having to do the, the work in the ministry and then we're also having to go out and get another job to support our family at the same time, then we are distracted from being able to give ourselves wholly to the work in the ministry and to be available for hospital visits and counseling meetings and just the, the work of studying a passage and preaching a passage and organizing things and the administrative work that is necessary in the church. It's a benefit to the church that the church puts their pastors in a position to be able to do that. That's and right. look, I'm th- so thankful for Compass Bible Church. They are a a great uh, and, and generous church and we are are um, cared for by them in in so many ways beyond the financial realm. But uh, but it is a biblical concept here and, and that's what the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is talking about. From there, though, he goes on to talk about um, being a, a what he calls a, a servant to all. He says, I, "I've I've made myself a servant to all, and here's the the point that I might win more of them." So, 1 Corinthians nine nineteen through uh, twenty three it's going to be the the apostle Paul talking about all the different things that he has done in order to win other people to Christ. And so this is a common thing that you'll hear. I've become all men to all, all things to all men, (laughs) Become become all men to all things. things. I've become all things to all men in order (laughs) that I, I might win some. We can go through and check the box on quite a few of these, but Pastor I explain maybe when he says, To those outside the law, I became as one outside
1: the law, because that sounds dangerous. It sure does. I think Paul is saying here that he's, he's trying to exemplify, or not exemplify, he's, he's trying to identify with those Gentiles who aren't under the law. They don't have the Torah, they don't have the Jewish tradition, and so. They're going to interact very differently with the Old Testament scriptures. In fact, they probably have a non-existent relationship, which will then mean as Paul interacts with them, he's not going to throw off all of his Jewishness, but it does mean He's going to be deliberate, intentional with how he engages with them. He doesn't want to pose a stumbling block. He doesn't want to say, uh, "No, I can't eat your meat sacrificed to an idol," as we read about yesterday. I, he, I think, he would. He would partake in that meal if someone offered it to him, because he recognizes that's not any. That's not. That's no god. That that poses no threat to my soul, and so I'm going to partake as though I were someone not under the law. So Paul's goal here in all things is to to contextualize his life and his ministry in such a way that he does not compromise biblical integrity and his faith in Christ, but at the same time opens a door as wide as he can to those he's trying to reach. Mm, contextualization. It's an important concept. we you right. just
0: mentioned there. Quick definition of contextualization.
1: Contextualization is the act of working uh, is the act of identifying with your audience, putting things in terms and symbols and signs that are understood by the receiving audience. So if I'm talking to Gen Z, we might say that, oh man, them shoes are are dripping. <laughs> I hope. My, I gotta check my, my Gen Z dictionary here. Or you know, we, we were playfully joking about that a couple of days ago, a couple episodes ago about using Gen Z lingo, Right. but they understand that. So if right. you started talking with that without looking super cringe, I, I think it would be, oh, okay, I get that. You quoted the Gen Z Bible. And now that's kind of a big joke. But if we were going to China or to Germany or to Italy or Italy, depending <laughs> on where we're gonna go, Depends. we're going to dress and act in ways that are non-culturally offensive because we seek to contextualize. We don't want to pose any stumbling block and that means we're gonna act, speak, and think in ways that will pose minimal stumbling blocks
0: yeah if you're interested in uh in a good case study on contextualization i would encourage you to pick up and maybe read a biography by hudson taylor or about hudson taylor Mm -hmm. he was one of the pioneers in that in his effort to reach the chinese people um and so he was uh was significant in that great example of of contextualization right (laughs) Well, 1 Corinthians 9 ends with a a pretty well-known chunk of of text here where he talks about running in a race. He says, look, only one person wins the the race, so run in order to win it. And Mm. then he goes on, he says, I'm going to discipline myself, like an athlete disciplines disciplines themselves. I'm going to discipline myself so that after I preach Christ to others, I myself should not be disqualified. This is is a a sobering verse, and I think it's appropriate to have it in First Corinthians nine, as he's talking about you know vocational ministry and, right. and pastors being paid, that we are accountable for what we do, and yep. we need to, to make sure that we are living godly lives, doing what we're doing, so that after preaching Christ to others
1: and spending our life that way, we would not be disqualified. That's right, man. This has been, this has been one of my favorite verses that has motivated my Christian life because I mean, Paul's Paul's focus is winning people to to faith in Christ, but also saying, man, I, I don't want I don't want the accolades here. I'm looking to the eternal there mm. and then. Mm. Well, there it is. Another episode of the daily Bible podcast. That's right. Wrapped up. That's, that's another
0: one. It's Monday. Monday's done. Congrats. You survived Monday or, or you're just episode starting out of the daily Bible podcast. Oh, okay. I see what yeah. you did. Okay. okay. But we hope you survive Monday too. Yes. And we'll catch you again tomorrow for Tuesday's episode of the daily Bible podcast. Bye. Bye.